Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. You know, the bricks and mortar part is, is what you get out of it, I guess. It's, it's the benefit, but it's really about not only being able to obtain finance in, in the first place, but managing the cash flow whilst holding a property. This is Property Investory, where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyron Shum and in this episode, we continue the conversation with Jay Anderson from Jay Anderson Properties to talk more about his strategies when it comes to commercial investing, the tips and the tricks he's learned along the way when it comes to sourcing properties and much, much more. With a family history in the hotel and property world, Jay Anderson shares whether he keeps his hotel and buyer's agent's business separate from one another. So the motel portfolio is something that's just, we're building, I guess, for the family. But there's definitely, when I've got commercial clients or clients who are interested in building a commercial property, I'm definitely showing them and sharing our insights and, and knowledge and why we like um, motels or accommodation assets, and then helping them through that whole whole journey and educating them even, even beyond settlement, just to try and really um, you know educate them and uh, accelerate, I guess, the uh, the potential performance and returns for the property. Um, but yeah, I have toyed with the idea of you know maybe some sort of a a syndicate or something um, later down the track of getting, you know, some, some investment partners in, involved. Given the large-scale size of these commercial purchases and numerous initial costs to take into account, how does Anderson actually gather the funds for such purchases? Borrowing's fine on it, not an issue. I think the banks look pretty favourably on, on motel um, assets. Um, at the moment, we've still got the capability to, to keep buying, so... Once that's probably exhausted, I'm definitely interested in looking at options like forming a bit of a, a syndicate and having a structured plan in place and getting some, um, yeah, some key investors involved and, and seeing where we can go with that. With that in mind, Anderson shares that he's actually purchased other types of commercial properties aside from hotels. Medical assets, so medical and healthcare. Um, I guess the key reasons for that is, you know, net yields are kind of between 6 and 8%. Tenants are typically high-income earners. The medical assets themselves attract anchor tenants, um, and these assets are an integral part of the community. So that, in hand with expensive fit-out costs, and they're very geographically bound businesses. So what I mean by that is if you think of your local dentist or the dentist that you went to as a kid, there's a good chance that that dentist is still in that exact location. It's almost like a hairdresser. 
So if a hairdresser picks up and moves businesses, moves to the next suburb, they're going to lose probably half to three quarters of their client base. So they're very geographically bound and, and, and locked into that location. Um, the demand for healthcare and medical services is ever growing. You know, we've got an aging population. Um, and also medical and healthcare is a non-discretionary spend for Australians. So it's not something that once the household budget gets a bit tight, um, you know, people will still spend money to go see the dentist or go see a doctor, obstetrician, whatever it may be. He adds that while the increased tenancy terms have been one factor that made such purchases attractive, the potential to renovate and add value to them is another determining factor when it comes to cashing these properties out. Whether it's commercial or residential, I always like to try and find properties that have got that upside potential. So something that you can really, you know, spend some money to increase the rental return or to add value to the property. Um, so medical centres, like two uh, clients we're looking for medical centres at the moment. We're trying to find something that's got that potential to add some value. So whether that's from doing renovation work um, in return for an increase in the rent for the tenant, and that's building up a good relationship and rapport with the tenant so we can find out, hey, is there anything that we could do to the property that will help and improve your business? If there is, would you you know, consider if we spent the money and did this for you in return for an increase in the rent? Despite this upside, however, Anderson explains that he still does run into some risky situations when it comes to commercial investing. I think the, the biggest risk is um, vacancy, you know, long vacancies in uh, commercial property. So that's why, you know, we like to really focus on those accommodation and the medical assets to try and offset that risk um, in getting more of those longer term anchor tenants. Um, the due diligence that needs to be done on a commercial property is completely different to residential. Um, yes, from a location basis, we still want things like population growth, look at infrastructure spending, employment, consumer sentiment, diversification and um, overall health of the local economy. But we want to look at the tenant who's already in there, if there's a tenant already in place, who are they, how long have they been in business, What's their competition like in the local area, um, even down things to their age? So if it was a single owner-operator uh, dentist, dentist practice, and the dentist in there is in his early 60s, well, we need to start thinking about, well, hang on, well, he's approaching retirement age. What's going to happen? Is he going to sell the business? Is he? And that's something that's out of our hands. So we really want to get an understanding of the business um, that's in there or the business that's going to be in there and are they going to be able to operate as a successful business in that location. Looking at the current lending conditions within Australia, Anderson discusses the growing interest investors have had towards the commercial investing sphere. Definitely a growing increase in the commercial and I think it's two reasons. One is the, the lending side of it. Um, you know, Borrowing to buy commercial is, is, is a lot easier than residential. And the second part is a lot of the baby boomers who are approaching retirement or who, or who are retiring are asset rich and cash flow poor. So they've got the family home that's uh, unencumbered. They might have one or two investment properties, but they don't have enough cash flow to support their retirement. And in their superannuation, a lot of them don't have enough to supply or fund their 
retirement as well because superannuation only came in in 92, I think. Um, so they're looking at buying assets that can offset their current income so they can um, support their retirement. And that's what commercial property is going to do. With all these strategic factors in play, pushing Anderson to build a portfolio, he delves more into the mental and emotional reasons behind his desire to invest. Definitely a growing increase in the commercial and I think it's two reasons. One is the, the lending side of it. Um, you know, borrowing to buy commercial is, is, is a lot easier than residential. And the second part is a lot of the baby boomers who are approaching retirement or who, or who are retiring are asset rich and cash flow poor. So they've got the family home that's uh, unencumbered. They might have one or two investment properties, but they don't have enough cash flow to support their retirement. And in their superannuation, a lot of them don't have enough to supply or fund their retirement as well because superannuation only came in in 92, I think. Um, So they're looking at buying assets that can offset their current income so they can um, support their retirement. And that's what commercial property is going to do. So how far off is Anderson from reaching his property goals? We hit that last year. So now anything we do beyond this is either going to increase that number at retirement or bring retirement forward. While this certainly means that he and his wife can certainly retire early, Anderson shares that stopping work isn't actually the plan. Not so much to stop work by 40. I don't think I'll ever, I'll ever stop working because I, I don't look at it as work. I, I enjoy it too much. But I guess just to be able to give you the options of doing what you want and, and when. And, um, you know, from the age of 40 onwards, I want to do a big focus into, I guess, um, living, I guess living life, you know, travel and experiences and, you know, just, just enjoying life. Part of enjoying life for Anderson means being able to travel and spend time with his young children. Travel is a big thing. You know, it's something that I was fortunate to do with with my parents and, and my grandparents. Um, I remember as a, as a kid, you know, my, my nana and pa taking us, you know, whether it's, say, to be Paris. But before we went, we had to study and research stuff about Paris and, and the history. And so when we were there and looking at the Eiffel Tower or Champs-Élysées, we knew what it was and we knew the history behind it. And I remember as a kid, you know, I learned so much by doing that. Coming up after the break, we'll delve further into Jay Anderson's journey to talk about what initially held him back from investing sooner. You know, the, the fear of failure, the fear of not getting it right, I guess. But yeah. Probably just just the overall fear, and and that, to be honest, that probably what held me back for that twelve months after that. The tips he has for future and current investors. I always say to people, when you buy an investment property, you need to treat it like running a small business. And much much more coming up next. I'm Tyrone Chum, and you're listening to Property Invest Story. Going back to his first property purchase in Potts Point, Anderson discusses whether or not there was anything that held him back from investing. You know, the the fear of failure, the fear of not getting it right, I guess. But yeah, probably just just the overall fear. And to be honest, that probably what held me back for that 12 months after that on buying our next one was trying so hard to get it right. 
Um, and I remember walking into properties that we were looking at and rather than walking in and looking at the great things about the property, I was walking in trying to find something wrong with it so we shouldn't buy it. Wow. Okay. That's a different, yeah, take an approach. Yeah. And I think that's why I didn't buy because any property you walk into, you know, there's no such thing as that kind of perfect unicorn deal, that unicorn property. It's about ticking all the key criteria and the investments, you know, in the investment criteria, the meeting your brief and looking at all the fundamentals. And if it ticks all those boxes, then, you know, then buy it, take action. With such a negative mindset, Anderson shares what it was that changed how he viewed property and eventually got him to make that second purchase. When I started surrounding myself with successful investors and the, the experts, um, because that's someone to hold you accountable and say, well, Jay, this was the criteria. These are the fundamentals it meets. It meets your brief. Let's go. Let's take action. Speaking of successful people, Anderson talks about some of the mentors he found during the initial stages of his investing journey. My accountant is an incredible mentor, not not only in the property investment space, but I guess mindset and in business in general. Um, I've had a couple of close friends who are successful investors, so talking to them, um, seeing what they do. And also having a very investment savvy mortgage broker as well. And just getting all the parties talking to each other. And then um, when I started using buyers agents for my own purchases, um, you know, getting all those key stakeholders in a room or on the phone, everyone on the same page, and then just taking action. While having a focus team is always ideal, how does Anderson actually ensure that good relationships are built between the people he works with and himself? I had to change mortgage brokers from my first purchase and I had to change accounts. And yeah. That's an easy um, one. <laughs> and I guess it's a big hesitation a lot of people might have. You know, if we talk about, say, accountants for a moment, they might go, well, hey, I've been with this accountant. He understands my business and my family and what we do and... You know, my, my parents have used him for 20 years or whatever it may be. But if he doesn't align with what you're trying to achieve or he's going to come in as a real team player in that A team you want to surround yourself with, then I strongly urge go have a discussion with a property-focused successful investor who's an accountant and just have that conversation and then make up your mind afterwards. And that's exactly what I did. Had a meeting and, um, yeah, never looked back from them. Moving on to more resources, Anderson talks about what resource he utilized to educate himself about property. From the, I guess, the property side, The Armchair Guide to Property Investing is, a, I think, an excellent book um, to start off with. And then, yeah, a whole other different, I guess, mindset ones. Even the book Barefoot Investor is a great one just to get the fundamentals about kind of managing money, um, managing cash flow because property investing is really a game of finance. Um, you know, the bricks and mortar part is is what you get out of it, I guess. It's, it's the benefit, but it's really about not only being able to obtain finance in, in the first place, but managing the cash flow whilst holding a property. And one of the key things he's learned from his own experience and the resources he's read. I always say to people, when you buy an investment property, you need to treat it like 
running a small business. You need to know all, where all your money's coming from, in, where it's going out. You need to be checking all the boxes and you need to be on top of it because I see too many people who buy an investment property and it's that old saying of oh, buy a property that you can set and forget. Well, I think that's very wrong. You need to be watching it. You need to be reviewing it every year. Um, perfect example, we looked at a portfolio for a uh, financial planner's client a couple of weeks ago and they were getting about $280 less than market rent. And that was because they've owned the property since 2006, tenants in place since then, and have never upped the rent. Yeah, that's so true. <laughs> I mean, that's money on the table that they haven't done or, or gone out to seek. Wow. Yeah, but it was a great property that was, in their mind, a set and forget because they didn't have any real maintenance issues. The property looked great, great location. They had long-term tenants in place, but they were thinking about selling the property because it wasn't giving them the returns that they thought they were going to get at this stage. With such great advice and lessons to learn from Edison now, he also shares the best advice he was given when he started out in investing. Recognizing the value of you know, using, using experts and I guess an analogy that I heard the other day was, could I go and um, lay a concrete driveway? Well, yes, I could. I, I could and I could do it cheaper and I could probably YouTube it, but would I be able to do as good a job as a professional concreter? No chance. Whose driveway is going to last longer? Well, I would put my money on the professional concreter. Yes, it's going to cost me more upfront, but I'm going to get a better quality job that's going to last longer. And so long term, my return on investment is going to be much better. Paired with following great advice, Anderson also shares a personal habit that he has that he believes has helped him along his journey so far. Taking action. Just um, there's a book somebody told me about a while ago. It's uh, about making a decision in five seconds. And it's something that I've tried to apply in my life that when you have an opportunity or you, you have something, count down from five and make a decision before you get to zero. Because a lot of the times that's the right decision. You're going with your gut instinct. The longer you wait, the more you uh, analyze and doubt yourself and second guess. Um, so it's really just about deciding what you want to do, how you want to do it, and taking action. Yeah, the five second rule, Mill Robbins. Yes, that's the one. Thinking back to decisions he made 10 years ago, Anderson tells us what he would have told his younger self back in the day when it came to getting kickstarted on his property investing journey. Pursue discomfort. And what I mean by that, it's I guess that's something that I've set myself as a little little goal for 2019 is to pursue discomfort. You know, everyone is has this fear of either rejection being by be by failure or by being told no. Um but amazing things can happen when you push yourself out of your comfort zone. So pursue discomfort, push yourself out of your comfort zone and you watch what the world will bring. With development being a key goal for Anderson personally, he shares with us another type of development he's excited to see in the next five years. Probably seeing how my business is, is growing um, at the moment and the rate it's growing. Just excited to see in five years' time where I'm at and where the business is at and um, you know, what opportunities that brings. With so much opportunity and success in his journey so far, 
On a more final note, Anderson takes a moment to discuss whether he believes his success can be attributed to hard work or to luck. I would say 90% is probably hard work. Hard work in building my knowledge and growing my intelligence. Hard work is in taking action and, you know, being successful, whether it's in business or in property, um, you know, you need to dedicate time and energy to it. And over the years of, you know, countless hours and I haven't watched TV and apart from probably the old Pepper Pig episode with my kids, I haven't watched TV in probably five years. Um, I use every opportunity just to learn or, you know, self-develop or self-educate. So I think a lot of it's around uh, hard work. Helping all types of investors or even first home buyers through his buyers agency, Anderson ends by giving those looking to purchase property something to reflect on. I always say people buy a property because of one of three reasons. It's an emotional decision, it's an investment decision, or it's a lifestyle decision. It's important to identify which one of those it is at the very beginning. And further details on how you can get in touch with him. Jump on to our website at janderson.com.au or any of the social media platforms. Just look up Jay Anderson Property. Thank you to Jay Anderson, our guest on this episode of Property Investory. If you want to hear more about his journey, then visit our website at propertyinveststory.com.